0: What love is medicine means it's not just about like, love and a romantic relationship, but it's about how these three sources of love, your inner self, your relationship with nature and the environment, and your relationship with each other are really the medicine that we need to get back to healing.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to Couch Talk. Today we're talking about my favorite topic. We're gonna hit on love, love and oxytocin and how love is medicine. Now that's something to really capture at this time. Right now we're in hurricane preparedness in the Southeast of the United States and in Southeast Georgia and we've been threatened with Hurricane Dorian and not exactly sure where she's going. So it leaves this entire stage of unrest and anxiety and uncertainty, right? What's the best thing to do? Is it coming? Is it not coming? How do we plan our life, our work, our businesses, juggle our family? And, you know, what's our escape route, so to speak, if we need to? So this can be a very anxiety producing, hence cortisol-producing time period. And what we want to do in these instances is certainly to bring in oxytocin, bring in a sense of peace and calm into this chaos. Now, I have to share with you that our guest today is Razzie Berry. And Razzie has been a dear friend of mine and an amazing clinician, amazing leader in integrative medicine and uh, functional medicine. And so we'll be talking love is medicine today. And it really brings to mind the story of we've had a couple hurricanes here in the last couple years. And after hurricane one was pretty traumatized with five moves to finally coming back into my house. And when we had the second hurricane, the year a year later, almost exactly a year later, I was starting to get a little frantic. And my young daughter, Ava Marie says, mom, You know, remember when we had the last hurricane, you were worried and upset. And then, yes, we moved a lot, but then we're here in our beautiful house and we just love it and everything is great. And so she goes, next time, maybe we move into a house with a soccer field. And I was like, "What? where did that come from? She doesn't even play soccer. Well, lo and behold, after the hurricane, which did do quite a bit of damage, but my house was not flooded, it was safe. Other houses on the island were, and then I I extended myself out to offer to like pay it forward to offer another mom and kids home respite while their house was being repaired. Like there was three feet of water in, in, in their home. So they came to live with us for months, like from September through Christmas and stayed with us. And it was really a blessing. And then one day I'm doing dishes. I look out the window and I see the soccer nets in the backyard I see the soccer nets because they are a big soccer family. So the mom was a soccer player at SCAD and, and the young daughter, Ava Marie's age, was a soccer player. So Ava's outside in the backyard, you know, playing soccer with Layla and Aubrey. And it was just like, huh. And I remembered what Ava had said. Maybe when we move this time, we'll get a soccer field. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> that's so cute. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. Well, I am glad and, and thrilled to introduce today Dr. Razi Berry, and just thrilled to to have her to be part of my circle, part of my friendship circle, and you know just to be an amazing leader in this space. She's actually the founder and publisher of the journal Naturopathic Doctor News and Review, and that's been in print since two thousand and five. And she is the premier consumer face, which is also the premier consumer face website of natural medicine, natural path, and she's a resource to go to, so natural path. She's also the host of the Natural Cancer Prevention Summit and the Heart Revolution Heal, Empower, and Follow Your Heart and this ever popular 10-week sugar-free summer program. So from, and I'll let Razzie tell her story, but she had a near-death experience as a young girl that healed her failing heart and then later overcoming infertility and chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia through naturopathic medicine. She is paying it forward. And now she has the Love is Medicine program documentary that is coming to us now to be taken advantage of, to listen, and to really soak up the information that brings us love as medicine. Razi, thank you so much for being here.
0: Oh, Anna, it's always so great to be with you. Um, I missed that little group that you had where we had our monthly chats. We should try to make that happen again. I agree. We got to do that. I mean, you're an expert when it comes to love. And the Love is Medicine Project, you asked to share my story. I, I will briefly because when you can often look back on your life and see how sometimes the hardest or darkest moments reveal their purpose to you later. Much later in your life. So I was 14 years old and I was in the Phoenix Children's Hospital and I was dying of heart failure. And our our family priest, Dr. Father McGuire, came into the hospital and gave me the last rites ceremony. And it was, you know, really a really difficult time for my family. And I remember being in the hospital and hearing the doctor say to my mother a is very because she's doing it to herself and i felt this you know i was very weak obviously uh, heart failure is no joke but he was right i was doing it to myself because i had an eating disorder and heart failure is the leading cause of death in eating disorders so it was really painful to, to sort of perceive and hear that and I don't often talk about this and it's just as of late that I've talked publicly outside of like my family and friends and schoolmates that were around me when it happened, but I found myself kind of looking down on my mother and my little brother who was four years old at the time and suddenly when I was in this space of love and what many people describe as a near-death experience. So I didn't really learn that language until many, many years later, but the that's not the important part. The important thing is, is, I healed. I completely healed. My heart healed. I was able to go back to school, become class president, no longer had an eating disorder. And so the aspect of love that I felt when I had that experience, I believe that is what healed me. And before that in my life, you know, being raised very allopathic, whenever we were sick, the doctor would give us medicine or A shot or a procedure, something that like fixes us. So I had always been of the belief that something happens to you, and the doctor fixes you. That's what heals you. So I kind of had this question in my mind from a very young age of where does healing come from? You know, where why do some people heal, and why do we uh, why do we get sick? And so much, much later in my life, I became the publisher of a journal that's like. I founded a, a journal, Naturopathic Medicine, and I started to notice these patterns in these cases I've published over the last 15 years, 2,100 cases from different physicians all around North America. Now, remember, the naturopathic philosophy is one that says the doctor doesn't heal you. Healing comes from within. It's what's called the vis medicatrix nature, the vital force, and Throughout all of our different cultures, sometimes it's called love or God or nature, but we have this force of life within us that, is, that strives to grow. And, and you, as a functional medicine doctor, you know, what you do is you try to support that life force. And that's a real strong paradigm in the medicine. So I noticed in all these cases that there are three, you know, we, we, we think in our in, um, in modern medicine, like we're always trying to investigate why people get sick. And we have all this technology. You can scan your blood, your microbiome, your body. There's just every kind of technology. But yet, we are not getting better. Chronic diseases are still on the rise. Depression, cancer, autoimmune diseases, right? They're still on the rise. So there's all these, this hack mentality of how can we kind of overcome that. Well, what I've seen just in my work is that it's a disconnection from either each other, you know, all the science behind the social implications of rejection, isolation, bullying, things like that, all the, the oxytocin, how that plays a role in our relationships with each other, vasopressin, norepinephrine, all these things, a disconnection from nature So our natural rhythms are interrupted from what nature intended from us and also the way we treat our environment. And then disconnection from the self. Now, in my in my experience, when I had that eating disorder that led to heart failure, that's a perfect example of being disconnected from yourself. You can't be connected within your own intuition and your own body signals if you are starving yourself into heart failure, or if you're feeding your way into heart disease or diabetes. And so what love is medicine means, it's not just about like love in a romantic relationship, but it's about how these three sources of love, your inner self, your relationship with nature and the environment and your relationship with each other are really the medicine that we need to get back to healing. I
1: agree. I agree completely. I think that's been one of the... And what I talk about in my book, The Hormone Fix, on the importance of oxytocin as the hormone of love and connection, there's so much more to it than that, right? There's a whole energy around love and the vibration around it. So connecting, connection, right? Connection as medicine and, and how we honor and love ourselves, sometimes sometimes the hardest one to love sometimes so like there's always one of the things that i do in my coaching programs is go back and talk to your six-year-old self you know let's let's talk to her what would you say to her what is she like right and you love her no matter what you love her so it's a beautiful exercise to do and then loving in your relationship and the words we use, how we honor and respect them. And I, I like how you've brought in even more the you know connection to nature. How are we connected to nature, mother nature, and this earth's energetic field? And how are we treating nature and how that can impact our health? Now that's fascinating. That's not something I have thought about.
0: So um, yes, and your book from Halloween does such a great job at Not very many people think about how our hormones are impacted by things like our relationships. And you beautifully illustrate that with regard to the love from nature and the disconnection from it. I mean, we are designed to eat things from the earth, right? Or animals, if you, you know, eat meat, which I do, that take things from the earth. And we need a certain amount of sunlight and darkness and contact with the earth. Of course, every cell in our body has a clock. It's not just the circadian rhythm of sleeping and waking, but every cell in our body has a sock. And I think of it like this, Anna. Think about when the animals are taken out of their habitat. So think of an animal in a zoo or an aquarium or a factory farm. So they're totally deprived of their wild. They don't have the same contact with nature. They're not eating foods that come from nature. They don't have the same sunlight and water and they're crated together, even socially. That's a funny word to use of animals, but even socially, it's, it's restricted. What happens to these animals? They become weak and sickly. They lose their instinct. They have trouble reproducing. Their sleep cycles are totally off as well. So that's what's happening to us as humans when we speak about the disconnection from nature. We see it happening in the animal world as well. And we lose our instinct, we're constantly separated from all the cues that we get from each other and from nature. And we lose that ability to really feel within. It's often called intuition, but that can sound kind of woo-woo. A more scientific term for that is interoception. Interoception is the kind of scientific term to really feel your gut feeling or understand some body cues like, We have this ability, this keen sense to really know what decisions to make, what our body needs in in any given moment. And because we've disconnected in all these ways that we're speaking about, we lose that sense. So instead, we search like Google and gurus and influencers to see how to live our life, how to sleep, how to eat, what to eat, what kind of exercise to do. And there's so many great ideas out there. But if we don't, know how to love ourselves, how to listen to ourselves, then that's how we stay stuck in these patterns that take us away from health and towards disease.
1: In my experience, yeah, no, I agree. I agree completely. And bringing it into a broad awareness is that the intuition that we have, the ability to discern and make our own decisions and reclaim our power, because what's transitioned over the decades, I've been practicing medicine now for over, for three decades, essentially, is the giving your power away over your own body, mind you know emotions etc so it's critical that we reclaim that power because we have an intelligent design and, and give empowering creating the principles and practices to empower our body to heal itself intelligently and how that can just transform transform our lives so Razi, in the love is medicine project that you've just completed. Now you have uh, interviews from all over the world and I apologize for not making it out your way to be part of it. I'm like, Oh, big regrets, big regrets. It's just been crazy post book launch. So tell me some of uh, the highlights
0: of, of the project. One of the things about the Love is Medicine Project that's kind of different from other docu-series is that there's so many amazing docu-series, and I love them, and summits. And they, they tell you, like, how to eat or how to sleep or how to test for a certain disease, right? And they're very specific. And this is more about how to reconnect in those three ways that we speak about to each other, to nature, and back into ourselves to really learn how to listen to that take responsibility, and take shelter in our own knowing. We talk about the word docere, which is the root of the word doctor, and it means to teach, and how to really surround yourself with powerful, intuitive, integrative people that can guide you, but always use your own sense of intuition to really know what to do. Think about if you've been creating books and and products, programs for many years. And there's always a percentage of people that buy a program, they're really excited, and then they don't they don't start or they don't finish it. The Love is Medicine project will inspire and give people tools how to how to take those steps when they find something that resonates with them. Like let's say it's a hormone fix. And just like for people that like are still smoking or still not eating right or still aren't making their sleep a priority. It's less about a... a a prescription of like exactly what to do and more it's lessons on how to become more self-aware, how to become more connected to yourself and to nature. I'm excited about that because I feel like it's going to take knowledge from people like you and everyone in our community and enable people who feel stuck to sort of get unstuck and do the work and be honest with themselves and loving with themselves and make choices that will really lead to success for them.
1: Definitely. Tell us one what's one key tool that we can start doing right now. So there's a couple of
0: really important ways to increase that interoceptive ability that I talked about, the ability to really pay attention to your body's signals so you can hone in on what's the right decision for you, how to take action, how to take healthy action for yourself. And these have been really studied one sounds so simple, but we forget to do it. It's called body scanning. Body scanning is when you scan through your body and start, you can start from the top or start from your toes and you move up and, and you think about like, what's happening right now. Like, I fractured my heel bone recently, and so I'm sitting on this pillow and a little bit of an uncomfortable position. And so, as I scan up, I feel like part of my leg is like a little bit. Off- <laughs> a cute you, I need to get up right or somebody might be standing and feel like a little bit of stress or hunger or thirst or that their bra strap is too tight you know all these things seem so minute but we often move through our world not paying attention to these little things and they add up like if you constantly don't pay attention to your thirst or your posture eventually you're going to become dehydrated and that has its own cascades. and so it might sound like a simple shift but it's been studied again and again. Body scanning can improve that sense of interoception and also self-awareness. Another one that I think is a lot of fun is called power posing. You and I have talked about this before, but it has been studied that power posing, which power poses are like standing with your feet like shoulder width and your hands dropped squarely on your hips, superwoman pose. Like a superwoman pose, that's one. Another one is like sitting back on your desk, with your hands behind your head, and you can put your feet up on the desk, and it's kind of this pose of like I it's easy, breezy, I'm in charge, I know what to do. And so that has shown clinically that it also improves the sense of self awareness and interceptions, bodily self awareness, and all the research on bodily self awareness shows it leads to people making less risky choices that can lead to poor health and better self-care choices that lead to better health and um, they're more able to like stick with programs or follow through on things so my daughters have created a couple silly ones sometimes we power pose at home like one of my daughters likes to go like this which i think is really cute and um <laughs> I so love now it. You, yeah so you can do that before like Let's say you're thinking something through or you're feeling some self-doubt or need to make a decision you can do body scanning or a power pose to kind of help you get more centered and self-aware some other things because we know that self-perception only happens in context so the field of embodied cognition says that we don't just think with our brain our brain is inside a body that's connected to our nervous systems not system and so we use our whole body to think. So think about how some people twiddle their thumbs or some, some people pace the room or sometimes you look around when you're trying to remember something. So a few other things really increase that sense of self-awareness. One is hearing someone else seek their name, which I think is amazing and shows the power of relationships and social connections. So if you put this together with the research that also shows the touch, especially empathetic touch, and eye gazing. When you, when you make eye contact with someone, it helps shift you back into a state of self-awareness. These are just simple, simple shifts that you can do to sort of start feeling more confident and more present in your body so you can just be more empowered in your health.
1: I love that. I love that from body scanning to the power poses because you think, okay, get big before I go on stage, you know, when I have to do something scary, get big before I have a difficult discussion, right? So that power pose concept, I'll have to do that with my girls. I think that will be fun to do. I love that you're doing that with your daughters and your kids at home so that you know you're really instilling like this type of also playful strength. That is powerful, right? And play is is healing, in and of itself. So, and then just the concept of of what we're doing, what that awareness of, of what we are doing physically with our time, to mentally with our time, and how that may distract or focus us, depending on what it is. And I really, I think these are these are great great tools that we can use. What was one of your favorite interviews, Razi? Oh, that is so tough because
0: there are just so many. I think one of my favorites is Dr. Charlie Crawley. He's a 72-year-old naturopathic physician who easily looks 20 years younger. And he has taught for such a long time about helping people understand the self-healing ability of the body. One of the things he talks about is honesty as medicine. Like really, like, you know, his experience in treating patients for many, many years is that often they aren't being honest with themselves, right? they you need you through your life and you continue to make choices and decisions that impact you and the people around you. And because we don't want to feel shame, we're sort of on autopilot about it. And he talks about really loving yourself is being honest with yourself. And when you sit with that, and it might feel a little bit uncomfortable, but it can really open up a space for you to... Start loving yourself because when we're not honest with ourselves, we're we're trying to protect ourselves from pain, but what's really happening if we're still making poor choices about our sleep, about our eat, about our relationships, about our time management, we're really only hurting ourselves and we're causing our own pain. So Charlie talking about honesty as a form of love and medicine that's really powerful.
1: Mm, I love that. Well, Razzy, tell our listeners how we can get the Love is Medicine project. Yes. So
0: uh, the Love is Medicine project is at loveismedicineproject.com on September 16th. It begins, it airs for seven days, seven one-hour episodes. You can go there now or to the link in your, your show notes and sign up and hopefully people be inspired towards connecting back to sources of love.
1: And we can use a lot of that. So many great tools and I know that your speaker list and is amazing, is amazing. And I look forward to being part of it in the future and promoting it. And I want to encourage our, all our listeners today that check out the love is medicine project, right? We need more and that self-awareness part of, part of reclaiming your power, reclaiming your energy, your drive, that inner voice, honoring it. And I love this concept, you know, just in in being honest with ourself, what's our next right step. So check out the love is medicine project with Razzie Berry and everything she does. She does is a work of art. I mean it's expertise and as you can see from this interview, such a genuine heart and spirit and desire for each and every one of you to have more love in your life and experience it fully. So the healing capacity of love. Razzy, thanks for being with us on Couch Talk and for putting this amazing program together. I know it's amazing because like this topic is amazing and the people that you've brought together as well as your touch throughout it is genuinely something that will heal us. I'm looking forward. Thank you. Thanks for sharing it. Thanks to all our listeners today on Couch Talk. Check out the Love is Medicine Project and we're going to make it through this hurricane. I will keep you informed. We're putting a lot of love out there knowing that no matter what, we are open and excited about what we'll make from it, whatever it brings us. So I want to thank you all for listening and I will see you next week on Couch Talk.